Every business owner and entrepreneur wants to know what their business is worth. After all, the goal of a for-profit business is to build wealth, and a business valuation is one way to keep score. How do you figure out what that magic number is? My next guest, Peter Rubenaker, will tell you how. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Peter Rubenaker has a fascinating background spanning 30 years of professional growth stage experience in business operations, business and technical strategy, finance and accounting, contract negotiations, procurement, globalization, process design and analysis, and information technology. He joined Qualcomm in 1991 and held a number of leadership positions in different functional aspects of the business, while it grew from a small, privately held defense contracting firm to the 20,000-employee global presence it is today, and it culminated in his role as vice president of IT. Now, Peter is especially well-respected for his leadership skill in cultivating talent and being a peer mentor and team builder. He's a master at building rapport across talent pools through mutual respect and collaboration, and he loves to combine diverse skill sets to establish highly focused and productive teams. It is a very powerful combination. And as a result, it's no wonder that today he's heavily engaged in board advisory and charitable causes, including the Triangle Technology Executives Council, the nonprofit Counter Tools, and the startup Sea Change Technologies. Peter is also the chapter chair and a national mentor with Scores Chapel Hill Chapter, the highest rated chapter for client engagement in the nation for 2015. Plus, he finds time to teach at local colleges and universities, including NC State University. What a pleasure to have him here with us today. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Peter. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's so great to have you here, Peter, because every business owner or entrepreneur, and certainly investors, want to know what their business is worth. And since value can mean different things to different people, I'd really like to start with what you mean when you talk about business valuation. What is it? Okay. All right. Yes. I mean, valuation is one of those uh, desired outcomes, desired things for any business owner wants. It's always very difficult to understand what it is. I mean, I'm boiled down to a nutshell, valuation from an investor's perspective is what what price, what what investment price am I willing to pay for this business today with a look at the future? What is this business going to pay off in terms of profits or cash flow or value in the future? So evaluation is an investor's desire at a price point today for the future rewards that the investor expects to receive 
from this investment. So how do you determine valuation? Is it just a forecast of sales? Well, it's going to be a variety of things. It's going to be a forecast of sales. It's going to be a forecast of profitability. It's going to be a forecast of uh, brand value. It's going to be a forecast of uh, uh, market share. It's all of those elements, uh, intellectual property, all of those elements get factored into an equation of the future. The key here is in evaluation is the forecasts are wonderful. How confident is that investor in achieving those forecasts of this business? The less confident the investor is in achieving that future forecast, the less the investor is willing to pay for that, that business today. So how do you go about getting a good, confident forecast? Well, the forecast needs to be rationalized, needs to be understood with its assumptions. The forecast needs to have some potential history that has shows some positive trends in what the future is going to look like. The, the, the forecast, unfortunately, is never an accurate thing. It's never going to be guaranteed to achieve that uh, particular exact trajectory. If there is some sense of momentum in the business, that there's been uh, a proven path that has uh, played out, it's much easier to build some forecast accuracy. The less mature a business is, the less history it has, the more difficult it is going to be to pr- prove that future. Hence, an uh, investor will return with lower price. A higher rate of return is expected to compensate that investor for the level of risk given an uncertain forecast. Okay. So what's a good recipe for a positive valuation? What kinds of things should a business be looking at? I mean, we've talked about it in the abstract. Let's let's bring it down right. to ground zero. Okay. Great. Positive valuation. Um, some history of positive earnings, history of positive cash flow from the business, Um, a a history of uh, talent, whether it's executive talent or technical talent or marketing talent, but a history of talent that has stayed with the business. Um, Some sense that the business talent that is important to that business is going to remain with the business. Um, what is the entity's brand value, if it has a brand? Um, how secure is the intellectual property, if the business has intellectual property? What's the likelihood that that intellectual property will continue to be secure, protected, not diluted in some way? Uh, so those are, unfortunately, there are the stronger signs in an inexact art of valuation. What about the negative ones? How do you get burned? Uh, <laughs> well, there's probably a variety of ways where evaluation can be negative. And again, depends upon who you are, what side of the table you're sitting on. If you're an investor, you can be gar- burned by a poor forecast, a forecast that can't be achieved, some unrealistic projections. If you are the owner of the business looking to sell your business, right? so you're from the other side of the, the coin, 
you can uh, be burned if there are uh, significant risks that the investor is assigning to your business that you have not clarified with that investor and built their confidence that this forecast will actually be achieved. So depending upon which side of the equation you're on, unfortunately, you can be burned on either side. That's fair. I guess that's reasonable. But, you know, is there like a magic formula for evaluation? We know we talked about forecasts and the different ways they go in, but you've got right, multiple right. factors. There, there are multiple factors. And, and if there is a singular formula, which there is not, but a, the, I would say a common formula would be a discounted cash flow model. And a discounted cash flow model is one in which a business looks at the cash flow that the business is generating, particularly the free cash flow that the business is generating for some future period of time, three, five, seven years from the current date, discounted, quote unquote, discounted by the investor's expected return from that stream of cash flows. So discounted cash flow winds up becoming the most popular valuation model, uh, probably because it's the most easily measured. Now, do you feel that that favors one side of the transaction or the other? Um, much depends upon uh, the participants. Much depends upon the confidence in each of the participants of what that future is going to look like. So I wouldn't necessarily say discounted cash flow benefits the investor over the current owner or the current owner of the investor. I'm not necessarily convinced. It's really more around the, is the forecast believable and is the investor's expected return or required return a reasonable return relative to the risks to in achieving that forecast? So it really comes down to if it's potentially possible, it's an agreement amongst the parties that they accept that this was what the forecast is. It's a realistic forecast. And the return expected for the level of risks of that forecast is also a reasonable request. What are some other ways to measure valuation? There are a variety of other ways to look at valuation. One can look at dividends payout. One can look at an operating income-based valuation. Some entities who are, tend to be more speculative uh, investors than long-term investors look at, if the company is publicly traded, they look at stock price and the stock price potential for growth pub, from the public markets. Do folks typically lean towards one or another, or, or are multiple valuation methods used and maybe averaged? Some entities will look at multiple valuation methods. Uh, an entity, an investor entity, who is, wants to be a long-term player, in my opinion, they look at discounted cash flow. They, they look at the core business, its core operating cycle, and try to determine the cash flows that are coming from that core function, assess the efficiency of that, that business's ability to generate cash from the business, assess its uh, ability to produce and how efficiently it can produce that cash. That's a long-term investor view who will look at discounted cash flow to derive their valuation. So would you say that's the gold standard? Uh, if the world is according to me, yes, that's the gold standard, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, this is a world according to you, Peter. This is, All this right, is your episode. All right, that's what it is. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> now, let's say that I'm a business owner, 
and I am looking to position my business for a bank loan or a line of credit or maybe the next round of VC funding, what advice would you give me for maximizing my valuation? Well, there there has to be a number of factors there, right? I would want to see, first thing I'd want to see is strong core operating income. I'd want to see strong operating cash flow. I would want to see a business that has had a history of growth, right? has been at revenue, has continued to grow revenue at some, uh, some growth rate. I'd want to see how sticky the customers are of this business. Are these long-term customers? Is there a need to continue to churn and try to find new customers to maintain the growth rate or existing customers already in line that will generate the growth that's been anticipated in the forecast? Do I have some insight into how integral the talent is according to this business? Does this owner, the CEO of this business, is this person integral to the future of the business? If they are, what's their intention? If that owner walks away from the business and the business is sucked dry of capability because the owner has walked away upon the sale, then the new buyer has no business. So how integral, how attached to the future success of the business is the existing talent and how secure is that existing talent in the future of the business? Um, I would want to understand the supply chain of this business. How much leverage does this customer, this, this client, this business have with its own supply chain? How, uh, um, what shall we call it? How much strength does this customer, this business have over understanding its cost structure, its suppliers, and whether or not that supply chain is assured. I would want to understand the market position of this business, where it stands today, where its competitors are, what are the barriers to entry of this business. How much do I have, if I'm going to buy this business, how much competition am I going to be faced with? What's unusual and distinctive about this business that I can be assured future success without having to fight off significant competition. Uh, there is probably half a dozen others that don't pop into my head right now, but these are both financial measures. They're non-financial measures. They're really around the what level of assurance may I, investor, have that this business is going to continue in the successful pace that it currently has had or maybe it has historically had, what confidence do I have as an investor that the risks of me jumping in at this moment in time will be hopefully less than the risks that have already been incurred or substantially not greater? That would be my worst situation as an investor. Well, this is an impressive list for sure, but I'm sure it's happened that – Someone comes up with an evaluation, and I should evaluation rather. And if I'm an entrepreneur, especially an entrepreneur that is a founder, so this is my baby. I have watched it grow. I'm ready right. to maybe send it off to college, and I think it's worth a whole lot more than yep. my prospective buyer or investor. Yep. And yep. you know, what do you recommend in situations like that? 
Well, again, it's going to be situational there, depending upon how strong does the entrepreneur desire to exit. Uh, that's going to be a big factor. If the entrepreneur desires they want to exit now, then their leverage with this potential investor is going to be pretty weak. If the entrepreneur believes that their valuation should be substantially greater than what the investor is willing to offer, can you come to terms? Can your the entrepreneur's valuation, their self-valuation of their business come down? Can the investor's valuation, based upon what risks they have factored in, can they come up? Uh, in my opinion, valuations are negotiations. There's no hard and fast, you must meet this number kind of equation. There should be fairly substantial negotiations to come to some agreement on a what I'd call a compromise valuation between the parties. So, so it just uh, might be a matter of looking at the assumptions that went into the forecasts for these various things and either verifying them or providing additional information to persuade somebody that maybe they need to up the number. Correct. Make the risk go away. Make the, the more risk, risk go away. That can be reduced the more risk that the investor, the less risk that the investor is seeing at this opportunity, the higher the price. Well, that seems to be a pretty simple equation. Now, I mean, it it makes a lot of sense that when somebody's ready to sell their business, they need a valuation because ultimately that's the dance that's played. But if they're not ready to sell, how frequently would you recommend that a valuation be done on a business? How frequently? That's an interesting question. I would look at doing valuations at key milestones in a business cycle. If a business is at revenue, for example, and I'm going to say an at-revenue business versus a startup non-revenue business. If a business is at revenue and they've achieved, they're, they're pursuing a certain set of milestones, whether it's a revenue target or a market share target or it's a product offerings target, or it's a, achieving a new you know, uh, uh, success in a certain marketplace, I would expect valuations to occur when those key milestones happen in the business and assess whether that we've uh, actually, as a business, we've actually generated value from the eyes of an investor. We've achieved this milestone, yay, good for us, what value is that to an external investor? Have they, we actually generated attractive value to an external investor? And who should do that valuation? An external investor, prospect? Potentially, yeah. I think that would be a valuable thing, yes. It would be if they have the interest. More often than not, when, when entities go through this cycle, they tend to derive it themselves. They tend to be biased when they derive this themselves, and they have perhaps rose-colored glasses when they look at their own valuation as a self-appraisal. Right. You know, have an external party prepare this, right? Someone who has some valuation experiences, and someone who is more impartial than the rose-colored glasses owner of the business, that would be useful. Well, I like the idea of these milestones, and I, and I certainly think that for an entrepreneur who they may not be ready to exit, but if an exit plan is is in their future, if it's 10 years down the road, these periodic mm -hmm. milestones could certainly be very interesting in terms of the feedback they get. 
and put as far as what's missing so that mm-hmm. they can have a higher valuation when they're ready to pull the trigger. Or, or at a minimum, they can level set their expectations to where the valuations are trending. Exactly, exactly. So it would be a, a good exercise from that perspective, if nothing else. Correct. So interesting, interesting. Well, I appreciate this deep dive that you've given us into the world of business valuation, Peter. It's been interesting to learn about the factors. And I realize that there's a a number of things that go into them. It's an inexact science and a lot of variables and moving parts. I'm curious about you and your career and the factors that have influenced your journey. Is there an event, a person, or something that stands out for you as being an influencer? An influencer? I would say that one of my biggest influencers, um, or you know, there's there's a number, but uh, folks who, you know, came from humble beginnings, I guess I would say, perhaps they didn't come through the standard path, and they made a tremendous impact. I mean, I think about someone like a Bill Gates, someone who came from I would call them rather humble beginnings, didn't finish a formal education, had a passion drove that passion, built great value, and is now chasing benefits to others, right? Charitable contribution, charitable outreach across the globe to make a difference and share some of that value that was created. Someone like that has a lot of influence on me and has for many years of my life. And so that's, is that one reason why you've involved and, and devoted so much of your time to certain yeah, charitable I, events? Certainly, I mean, I'm not necessarily of a Bill Gates echelon, but uh, you know, the the blessings of uh, success and hard work have have paid benefits to me, and I'm in a position to share some of those benefits as a as a public university instructor and as a charitable organization participant to try to benefit uh, others and share some of the good fortune that I've had. Absolutely. Well, that's commendable and inspiring. So I, I think that's wonderful. Thank We're you. just about out of time, Peter. And I wonder if you had any parting thoughts for our listeners about valuation, because it seems kind of an intimidating subject. It, it is. I, I, to me, uh, valuation really is, in my mind, believe in yourself. Show, show substantive results in your business. Build capability, right? Uh, Sustainable capability in your business. Build unique uh, value. Whatever the business is, those elements, they're going to drive valuation. They're going to drive an attractive price point. If you focus on the core fundamentals of the business and spend less time thinking about perhaps your exit and focus on building the core fundamental value of that business, then that exit and that attractive valuation will come. So it's about the systems and the processes to make that a self-sustaining entity. Systems, processes, people. People, yes. Uh, 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 execution, uh, delivery to milestones, uh, uh, leverage, leverage with customers, leverage with suppliers presence, brand value. These are all elements to the equation. Awesome. A lot to keep track of, but it goes part of of the package. And like you said, it drives value. So if you're good at one thing, figure out where the gaps are, fill them, 
and get stronger. Correct. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Peter. Appreciate your time. Very grateful for your insights and wish you all the best. All right. Thank you very much. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Keltner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential Now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media, too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.